This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. We've been talking about community and how community is all about people, right? We were created for community and for relationships. And we live in a time, we live in a day and age when more than ever, people are trying to separate themselves. Isn't that true? People are trying to separate themselves from everybody else. When the reality is the thing that we need the most, the thing that we need the most is community. But people are running with this idea that they don't need anybody anymore, that they can make it on their own. And how many of you would agree that community has, is kind of broken down today? We have kind of a distorted view. Now, community is very much a buzzword today. But in my opinion, we don't see a whole lot of community. Would you agree? It is what, I believe it is what our culture is most desperate for today. And we, as you know, actually we started the first week, we were talking about a God of community. So we were created in the image of a relational God of community, right? And so that's what we started talking about the first week was a God of community. We are relational beings because we were created in the, in the image and likeness of relational God. And so that's what we started talking about. And I only gave you two points the first week. We talked about how can I know that, that my God, that the living God, that he is a God of community and relationship. And the first thing I gave you was, number one was, the identity, personality, and character of God is based on relationship. We talked about that's the divine essence of who he is, right? God is what? God is love. Love is relational. He would not be God without it, right? And the second thing I mentioned is, the way that we can know that we serve a God of relationship and community is the fact that God initiated and pursued relationship with humanity. From the very beginning of time, as we know it, God has been pursuing human beings. He's been pursuing mankind. And really, that's what separates God from all the other gods of the world, right? The living God. That's what separates himself from all the rest is that he has always been pursuing and initiating relationship with humanity. We read that one scripture where it said, it talked about how God determined the time that you would be born and the place where you would be born and even the boundaries of your life. Why? So that you would come face to face with him. God set us up from the very beginning. He recognized that we had to choose him, but he finagled it the best he could so that we plopped down right in front of him and so that we would be able to see his face. Does that make sense? So God is a God of relationship. And so we were created in his image and likeness, so we too are beings of relationship and community, which is what we talked about last week, about how we need each other. And remember the example of the redwood trees? Talked about how redwood trees are, are, the, are the, not only the tallest trees in the world, but they're the largest living thing on the planet. And you would think, like most trees, that the root system of redwood trees would be equally as big underground as the tree is above ground. However, redwood trees, their roots average only five to six feet deep. And have any of you ever walked around redwood trees before? A few of us have. If you walk around redwood trees, you find a couple things. Number one, the roots are very shallow, and they're coming all up out of the ground everywhere. You have to avoid them because they're, they're huge. But the second thing you'll notice is there's always three, four, five, six trees growing right next to each other. And what you'll see is their roots are all intertwined. And that is the reason that they have been able to stand, some of them, for over 2,500 years. Even though they have very shallow roots, it's the fact that they are tied to the others around them. Does that make sense? So they may be the tallest, but they've withstood storms for a couple thousand years. 
And if we think that we can go it through life alone, we're deceived. We're full of pride and arrogance because that's not what God created us to do. Storms will take us down, right? And uh, our key scripture we talked about for this series was from Proverbs 18.1. A man, having separated himself, seeks his own desire and rages against all sound wisdom. And last week I gave you three things. We're talking about proof we were created for community. Number one was our need for others. We were created with a need for others. From the moment of our conception, we were dependent on somebody else, and it was relationship, right? And all through our lives, we saw that. And so what is it that drives us to go it alone? We talked through some of that about disappointment and pain in life and hurt and pride. All these different things, I think, contribute to us deciding that relationships just aren't worth it. Any of you ever been there before? You've been hurt, you've been disappointed, and you're like, man, this is just isn't even worth it. I'd rather go it alone. But it's not what we were created to do. God made it very clear that relationships are vitally important. And we talked about how in Genesis we saw that God, what he, first God said, let there be light, right? And there was, and it was good. And he went on and he created each thing after that. And each time he said, it's good. But what did we talk about the first dilemma in the garden was? He looked at man and said, it's not good that man would be alone. Right? And so what did he do? He created another human. Not only that, he gave them the ability to reproduce and create more humans because he's a God of community and relationship. So we, we've got to realize that we will never be all that God has called us to be if we choose to go it alone. The second thing I gave you as proof we were created for, for community was others' need for us. There are other people that were created with a need in their life for you. Say for me. There are other people created with a need for me and for you. As a matter of fact, Jesus, when we received Jesus, he could have just taken us on to be with him. However, he left us here because of relationship. He wanted us to build community and relationship and point people back to him. Others need us. And one of the things we looked at in that is the fact that we have strengths that can compensate for other people's weaknesses. And that's one of the points of marriage. Remember we talked about marriage and how if we don't compensate for our spouse's weakness, then all we do is become critical. Others need us. And it's possible that there's people in your life that can't move further in what God has for them until you step up and you do what God's called you to do and you use your strengths to compensate for the weakness in their life so that they can move forward. Does that make sense? And the last thing we talked about, we closed with last week, proof that we were created for community is our need for God. And we're talking about how we live in a, we live in this culture today where I, I probably, there, there's probably next to none of us in this room that have ever truly been desperate for God for our physical needs in our life. We don't know what that's like uh, compared to a lot of the other countries of the world. But when it all boils down to it, doesn't matter how good we've got it, we've always had a need for a Savior, right? And Jesus came and he met that need before we even knew that we had it. And so that's kind of what we left with last week was our need for God. And so I want to jump in and I want to talk today for just a few minutes about a church of community. Everybody say a church of community. So if God is a God of community and relationship and we were created in his image, then we are people of community and relationship, right? If we are people of community and relationship and we are the church, then wouldn't it stand to reason that the church is a place of community and relationship. And some of you may ask in this, 
Are you referring to like the church, like Church of the Harvest, or the universal church as in the body of Christ? Uh, yes, I am. Okay? All Because I kept, as I was working on this over the last couple of weeks, I kept jumping back and forth, and I was like, all of it. All of it. The church, Church of the Harvest, whatever church we had, city, how great was our night of worship last week with City Church? Man. City Church, the, yes. The body of Christ, the universal church all over the world, yes. Okay? The church is all about community. You can't have community without people. People say, well, I love church. I just don't like the people. Well, <laughs> you're kind of missing the point, right? You can't have the church without the people. And, and you can't have church without community, right? So I think it's so funny that people say that, that they love God but not the church when it's all about the people in the first place. And the church is never going to be perfect, is it? You want to know why I know the church is going to be perfect? Because I'm a part of it. We know, we know that the church is important, don't we? We know assembling together is important. We know that as believers. We've been told that our entire lives. We know it. But how many of you would agree that as the church, we're meeting together less and less? You know, it used to be it was nothing to go to church two, three, four times a week. And we don't see a whole lot of that anymore, do we? Hebrews 10.25 tells us to not forsake the assembling together of yourselves as believers, right? How many of you, I, I hear this said a lot, how many of you agree that times have changed a little bit since this was written? Times have changed a little bit, right? Things look different. Nobody knows whether to raise their hand or not. Right, let, me, let me clue you in a little bit. Times have changed. Things are different. They look much different than they did back then. The root of things is still the same, but it, it, certainly, it, certainly looks, it certainly looks different. And how many of you agree that times are crazy? How many of you would agree that you're involved in a little too much? And look, I'm not just talking about going to church. Going to church is very important, but I'm talking about meeting together as believers, meeting together as Christians, building Christian community. And reading there, and actually in your service guide, as I mentioned earlier, you should have a, a note sheet in there as well. You can follow along with or you can follow along on your phone or whatever else you've got. But Hebrews 10.25 says, Not forsaking your own assembling together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. I think many times we're just busy people. We're hoping that we can get our family up on Sunday morning and get them to church once every week or two. Statistics say that the average Christian comes to church once every four to six weeks now. We know it's important. Unfortunately, I think sometimes it just becomes another thing on our list. We're overwhelmed with our list. And then we see the church on there as well. We know that meeting together is important. We know assembling together is important. But what I want to take a few minutes and do, and I'm, I'm not going to lay out points today. I want this to almost be more of a discussion. I just want to get you thinking for a few minutes. I want to contrast, contrast what our church involvement looks like today and what things look like in the early church. Does that make sense? So we're going to look in Acts chapter 2, a little bit in Acts chapter 4, but if you have a Bible, turn to Acts chapter 2, and we're going to start right there. And we're just going to, I just want to run through for just a minute, and I want us just to look at this. And I want you just to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you and, and, and even to bring conviction in your own life about where you're at and what you're doing. But we're going to start in Acts chapter 2, uh, verse 41. And in verse 41, 
Actually, if you, if you look back at verse 40, it's, it's, um, this is ending the whole period where um, they, the Holy Spirit had just fallen in the upper room and Peter had just gone out and, and, and preached the gospel to the crowd. So you've got to think that here in, in, in verse 41, you've got the apostles, you've got the disciples of Jesus, right? They've walked with him for three years. Y'all realize, do y'all know what they saw over that three-year period? How incredible what they... I, I mean, they say that the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, probably all the writings there, probably fill about three months of what they saw. So you realize that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are kind of the highlights? It's probably kind of the cliff notes. Can you imagine what happened, what they experienced? And then they see Jesus crucified, and then they see him resurrected, and they spend a little more time with him, and they're standing on the hillside, and he says, hey guys, I gotta go. But I'm gonna send a comforter, I want you to go. Wait for him. He's going to come, and then you're going to go into the world. And you're going to preach the gospel to every creature, right? So they do that, and they're in the upper room, and we know that in a moment, like a mighty rushing wind, the Holy Spirit rushes through, and they're filled with the Holy Spirit, and it says tongues of fire appear, and they're speaking in other tongues, and this whole thing's happening, and, everything, and we know there's about 120 of them in that upper room, right? And they walk outside, and, and a crowd has amassed because... They all know something is happening up here in the upper room of this building. What in the world is going on? And so the apostles and these early Christians walk out, and Peter, full of the Holy Spirit, bold as a lion, speaks up, and we know that in verse 40 it tells us, actually, I guess it is verse 41, that it says that 3,000 came to Jesus in that moment. Now, I don't know about you, but you read the few scriptures for that and what all he said that takes about five or ten minutes. Can you imagine 3,000 people coming to Jesus in about ten minutes? You know what that did to the church? Could you imagine if next Sunday 3,000 people showed up at our front door? And so can you imagine how the disciples of Jesus are going, well, what do we do now? Now they got 3,120 people following Jesus. And you got these 11 who walked with them and are trying to lead them, Right? And so, what did the early church look like? This is as they were pulling it all together. So in verse 41, those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. And it says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. I just want to break this down for a second. What's the first thing it mentions there when it starts describing what the early church looked like? Number one, first thing they did, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. What were the apostles teaching? They were teaching the gospel. And actually, you go down further, it talks about they were teaching the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. They were teaching that, and they were probably, I'm sure they were talking about everything they had seen over the last few years. Right? So they're preaching this. But it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Guys, what are Americans devoted to today? This is what the early church looked like. It says they, all the believers, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Could you imagine if all of us, if we made the decision that we were going to devote ourselves to the Word of God, be absolutely devoted to it, in the same way that maybe, you know, we're devoted to our sports team or, you know, our favorite TV show that we binge watch on Netflix and, you know, or, you know, or, or whatever it may be. Devoted. I think many times we're devoted to keeping up with the Joneses or working more to get more stuff. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching. 
the Word of God, right? And recognize that this was much more than going to church once a week. This was about being a student of the Word. And we also look at it, and it's the very first thing that's mentioned. You think maybe it's important? Then we go to verse 43, I'm sorry, verse 43. And I'm going to read through from the New King James, 43 and 44. It says, Then fear came upon every soul. The new living says a deep sense of awe came over them. And many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And now all who believed were together and had all things in common. The new living says they shared everything that they had. So you notice there, firstly, it says, Then fear came upon every soul. This is the next scripture. It's talking about that 3,120 believers, right? Fear, awe of God, came upon every one of them. And I have to believe that their life reflected it. Why? Because we look at the next scripture, and it says, All who believed were together. They stuck together. And they had all things in common. They shared all that they had. That's biblical, right? They became what they were devoted to. They began walking in it. They shared all that they had. Now, keep your place there if you're, if you're, reading, from a, if you're reading from an old-fashioned book. Hold your place, pull down your little bookmark, and flip over to chapter 4. What is this little ribbon for? What in the world? In chapter 4, in verse 32, and I, I'm actually, I, I like this translation, I like it from the Message Bible, the way he reads this, so I'm, I'm going to read it to you from the Message, but it says, the whole congregation of believers, say whole congregation, the whole congregation of believers was united as one, one heart and one mind. They didn't even claim ownership to their own possessions. No one said, that's mine, you can't have it. They shared everything. And then in verse 33, and I, I'm going to jump again in versions. I'm going to jump over to the English Standard. I love the way it says this. And it says, and with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. This was what the early church looked like. And actually, when it says great grace there, if you look at the Greek word, it's talking about favor and blessing. A great favor and great blessing from the Lord was upon not just the apostles, it was upon them all, right? Why? Because they were doing what they were created to do. They were united as one heart and one mind. They were devoted to the word of God, and great grace was upon them. How awesome is that? And then jump back to chapter 2 right quick. In verses 46 and 47, we'll finish out here um, in Acts chapter 2 with, uh, in from the New Living. It says, they worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes, the new king, uh, I'm sorry, the King James says, from house to house, for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. This is what the early church looked like. Let's break that down for a second. The first thing we see there is, it says, they met in the temple when? Guys, they went to church every day. Say every day. Every, day. every honking day. Every day. And many believe, many believe that actually, when it says every day, it's also referring to what's after that, that it's also referring to meeting in homes. Many believe that they actually were also meeting in homes, each other's homes, every day. Small group every day. Church every day, small group every day. Right. 
for the Lord's Supper, that would be communion, right? And shared their meals with joy and generosity. This is talking about from home to home, house to house, right? Let me ask you, no, no condemnation, but when's the last time you invited somebody from church over for a meal? That's Christian community. Man, we need that. Man, we need that. But when's the last time we stopped using busyness as an excuse and we just shared a meal with a fellow believer? We see here it says, um, it says they all stuck together and everything in their life was about relationship. And guys, this tells me that Christian community should be one of the absolute top priorities of our lives. And like I say, we, we use busyness and different things as excuses. People say, well, you know, well, my, my, my kids just don't like to come to church. Well, you're the one who made that possible. You're the one who made that an option. You're the one who decided where the level of priority of the body of Christ was going to be in your home. And I'm not trying to be heavy, but your children are going to do the same thing to their children. It's going to be a much lower bar. Much, much lower bar in their children. What is the priority of the body of Christ and Christian community in your family and in your home? Let me, let me tell you, growing up, our, our family was far from perfect. And my, my parents, I, I remember when they came to Christ, and they, they were certainly trying to figure things out. How many of you have been in a place where you're trying to figure things out? You're making your way. You're being the best believer you know how to be. You're getting devoted to the Word. You're trying to move forward and, and, and figure this Christian walk out, right? Let me tell you, I, I think my brother would agree that we never once would have ever thought of saying, hey, can we skip church this week? It, it, it just never crossed our mind because from the time we were tiny, that was always what we did. It wasn't just what we did, it was who we are, who we were. Does that make sense? It was who we were. We knew that we were going to be in church at least, uh, always, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. Always. Three times a week. At least, if there wasn't a special intercessory prayer, youth event, or guest speaker on the weekend, or whatever else, right? How many of you remember those days? Let me tell you, if... We were on vacation. I remember several times we were on vacation and we went and found a church to go to. What? I'm on vacation. We were devoted to the body of Christ. It's, and it wasn't a legalistic thing like, oh, I've got to go to church today. You've got to find a place to go to church. Go to church. It wasn't about that. It was who we were. If something happened and we were sick or there were, you know, ice storm or something, we couldn't go to church, we would have family devotional together. And it just showed the importance. I, think, I don't think my parents were just trying to instill in us that this is a priority. It, it was a priority for them, and so it was a priority for us. It was, it was one of the number one things. We didn't miss church on holidays. We didn't miss church on birthdays, ever. You, you're going to go to church, and we're going to celebrate your birthday with the church family. Hallelujah. <laughs> and then we're going to have a cake for you and a party the next day. I mean, it was just, that, you, know, you know what I'm saying? And now look. Some of y'all think I'm getting legalistic. I, I'm truly not. I, if you know me, I'm one of the least legalistic people, seriously. I'm not, I'm not being legalistic about this. As a matter of fact, let me, let me brag on the branches for a minute. The branches are a fine family. And let me tell you, Jerry and Connie have done an incredible job raising their children in the ways of the Lord. 
Just, just the fact that one of them's got an usher tag on here, one of them's sitting behind the soundboard, and one's sitting behind the computer. How crazy is that? So, behind the computer, not the camera. And so, so, so you've got a family here, let me tell you, a family that is crazy devoted to the Lord. They are here every time the doors are open. They never miss. And I'm going to tell a story, and I hope Jerry doesn't kill me for this, but, but a couple of years ago, I remember Jerry coming to me. We were out in the lobby one day, and he said to me, he just, he just looked kind of tired. and said, He goes, oh, man, I, need a, I just kind of need a vacation. I need to get away a little bit. I said, well, what, go do something. He goes, well, I only I work. He works odd hours that shift with UPS, on calls and whatever else. And he goes, all I've really had is Sundays off here the last few weeks. And, and you know, he got church on Sunday morning. And you serve Sunday night. And, I, and I, he goes, I said, well, what do you want to do? He goes, I just want to take my boys fishing sometime soon. And I said, go take your boys fishing. He said, well, you know, when, what, next Sunday, go take your boys fishing. What? Now, let me say this. I would not say that to most church members because you already miss half the time. <laughs> I couldn't possibly. But I saw somebody who was so devoted, it was tearing him up inside the thought of missing the assembling together of ourselves. And I was just saying, Jerry, it's okay. And he went and he went and took him fishing, didn't you? You don't even remember, do you? I'm talking about the priority of our lives. And let me, let me take it one step further. Man, i got to hurry. Whew. Hebrews 10.25 again from the New American Standard. Not forsaking your own assembling together as it is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. How do we miss this last part? And it says, all the more as you see the day or the return of Christ drawing near. That meant when this was written in the early church, and we see the meeting every day in church and every day in their homes, they said, you need to do this more and more as Jesus gets closer. Do it more and more as his return gets closer. What have we done? We've done it less and less as Jesus gets closer, right? It's become less and less and less and less of a priority. When he's saying here, make sure that it's more and more and more and more of a priority. And, by the way, the last part of verse 47 in Acts chapter 2 says, And every day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Guys, the church in America is not growing. It's not. It has stagnated for a long time. Church isn't growing. Can we be real about that? Why? I think much of it's a breakdown in community. It's not a priority anymore. Too many other things to take priority over it. Why isn't the church growing? I believe it's lack of community. Why is the church making a difference? Lack of community. Why has the church lost the respect of our society? Lack of community. Why is the church losing its influence? Lack of community. Why do so many believers feel alone and isolated? Lack of community. Why is sin so rampant and accepted in the church? Lack of community. Why aren't people sharing the gospel more? I believe it's lack of community. It's all lack of community. Not priority anymore. Many of you know that we're so much stronger together than we are separately. 
We know it, but we're busy, right? In the midst of a world where community's broken down, I, I actually, two days ago, I, I was thinking about, I, I was just kind of meditating on the condition of the world and the church and everything else. And, you know, we've all been looking forward to, I mean, we, we believe that Jesus is coming soon, right? Jesus is coming soon. And we believe, we're believing for this last great revival and the church is going to rise up and take its place on the earth, right? I felt like I was thinking about this whole thing and I felt like the Lord just told me it's going to happen through community becoming important again. The church decided that it's important that we gather back together again. It's time for the church to regroup. And as we come back together and build community again, we're going to see the last great revival of mankind. <laughs> Guys, and I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to move on, and actually Sean is going to come up and join me now. But at Church of the Harvest, community, community doesn't start on Sunday morning. Community starts in our small groups. And you can't get to know somebody very well on a Sunday morning. But you gather in their home with 10 or 12 others. You go meet up with them at a coffee shop. You start a little prayer meeting at your workplace and get folks together before work, you're going to build Christian community, right? Take over. Is there time left? <laughs> I le Just kidding. Oh, I left you plenty. Plenty. Looking at that clock. Um, actually, I'm going to ask all of our um, fall group, small fall group. group, fall group, fall small group leaders to please come up. And half of you can line up over here and half over here. Because um, we're going to take a moment to um, present you guys with an opportunity um, to commit to the message that Pastor Rob just gave. How many would agree that community is important? How many of you would agree that being a part of a community has either made you where you are today or maybe not where you should be today? Yep. And so um, community is vital. It's so important. And so, you know, I think uh, Rob mentioned this a while ago that, um, you know, you can't get community by just being here on Sunday morning. You can get a little bit. You can start to make some friendships. You can start to make some relationships. But you cannot really get what you need, and you cannot really grow like the Lord wants us to grow by just being here on a Sunday morning. And so one of the things that we offer here at um, Church of the Harvest is actually our small groups. And I think they are stronger now than they've ever, be, ever, oh, yeah. ever been. And um, I just want to thank all of our leaders for making that happen. But have you guys know, if we have leaders and no participants, it's not effective either, right? <laughs> it takes everybody. So they may be a person up here saying, yes, I'm going to lead. But it takes you participating for that to be successful. And so it's so important. It's so important. And so what does small groups provide? Um, this is actually in your notes. And I'm going to hit it really fast, but small groups give the opportunity for teaching, and that might look different in every single group. It may be um, a video series. It may be studying a book out of the Bible. It may be somebody teaching. It may be a book. It may be a, a group that just says, okay, here's what I'm struggling with, and let's walk through it and learn what the Word of God says. Um, so our small groups provide teaching, um, fellowship. How many of you know that it's important to fellowship? It is. It is important, and you know, what is fellowship? Fellowship is intentionally being around other people <laughs> to communicate, to talk, to eat, to laugh, to hang out. You know, it's just intentionally, sometimes for some of us, being uncomfortable, 
because we're afraid we may be exposed or some of our weaknesses may come out to become stronger in who God wants us to be, right? And so we've got to dismiss some of those excuses and be like, okay, I'm going to do the fellowship. Now, some of you love it. You're like, yes, fellowship. I get to be with people. I get to talk. And some of us others are kind of like, yeah, they can talk and I'll just hide right here. You know, but we need it all, right? You know, we've got to have fellowship. Um, communion, you know, that's the, that can be two things. Actually, when you look at it in scripture, communion can actually be by eating a meal together, but it can also be by um, taking communion and remembering who Christ is and what they've done. Um, prayer, you know, just this week I had two different people that have been involved in a small group that I was in, and one of them actually called me and said, hey, can we talk? They got uh, some test results back from their kid that didn't look good, and um, they're like, hey, you know, can you help me? Can you pray with me? Can you encourage me? What would you do? You know, another, another individual came up, actually just sent me a text today, this week, and said, got a bad report from the doctor, please be praying. If we had not been in a small group together, if we had not had relationship together, they wouldn't have been comfortable shooting that message. But it's because of being a part of that small group, that being connected, that those things can take place. So we've got prayer, we've got support, um, praise, and outreach. And so, um, actually, this is the last line written in your notes um, right here, and it says that we need to spend time together eating learning, celebrating, and proclaiming the good news, and supporting each other. And so that's what small groups do. And so, all right, are you guys ready for this? Each group, you're going to introduce who you are, when your group's meeting, and you're going to keep it under a minute and a half. All right, I believe in you guys, all right? So, um, so the miracle's going to start right here. <laughs> um, Rob, do you have the timer? <laughs> We're going to, so, okay, all right, so, okay, you have two groups, you can have two minutes. The miracle does start right here, by the way, I just want to say, <laughs> so I'm going to talk about Sunday school, because I like to talk, everybody on stage looked at me when she said that for some reason, they gave me a Sunday school class, so every Sunday from 8.45 until 9.30, we study the Bible systematically in detail. And I'm Zach Davis. <laughs> well, don't give it to me. I don't want it. I didn't know that he was going to hand me the mic. Um, okay, so I'm Angie. I'm Zach's wife. And um, we also are leading the young adults small group in our home. That will be on Thursday night, uh, every other Thursday, the first and third Thursdays of the month, um, 7.30, starting at 7.30. Um, well, we're talking about the time. Anyway, 7.30. <laughs> Sorry, we have young children, so we got to put the kids to bed. Um, and that is for ages 18 through 30. So um, married, single, doesn't matter. Um, please come. Great. Right. <clears throat> I'm Christian Walker. This is my wife, Becca. We lead the... <laughs> we lead the vertical youth small group on Wednesday nights at our house. It's from... 6.30 till when they leave, usually. <laughs> we, we kick you out at 9. Um, and that's for ages, what, 6? 6 through 12th grade, up to about 18. So. Um, I just wanted to say real quick, um, it's been really cool doing it for this last year. Um, you know, when we first came, we were doing the small group at Robin Shauna's, just kind of coming, being a part of the vertical youth small group. Um, but you know what they talk about that about that community like it starts it starts at that teenage years too it's been so cool just in the past year that we've had it at our house 
seeing how the students interact from kind of just come in and like sitting and talking a little bit to like every week they just like barge and they're like, guys, guess what? You know, they're like talking and interacting. It's just been so cool to see all the different students and like, you know, students you may not think like, oh, they might not talk, but like they do and they'll, they just like come right in and start, um, start talking, having those conversations. And I think it's so cool that they're starting to build those um, friendships and those relationships and that community at, you know, at that young age, because that's something that's going to stick with them, um, the importance of that, the community. So I just <laughs> Hello, um, I'm Shiloh Skills. Um, God has put on my heart to start a dance team. Um, we will meet on the second and fourth Thursday of every month. Um, I do not want to hear that I can't dance, because why? We can do all things through Christ. So... Save the drama for your mama. I want some dance, excuse me, members, and we will also do a little bit of um, drama. Um, thank you. Hello, everybody. My name is Steve Lawson. This is my beautiful wife, Crystal Lawson. And uh, we just started doing home group last season, and it's first time ever doing it. Very excited to have an opportunity to do it again. Matter of fact, we wasn't really going to. We were going to put it on hold, but that's in what God, he didn't want that, us to do that. He was like, no, you're going to go ahead and do it now. So we're excited to see what God has planned. And this season, we're actually going to do Battlefield of the Mind by Joyce Meyer. We're going to be doing Saturday. I got my cheat card. Um, Saturday, 5.30 p.m. here in Olive Branch. And it is a family event, so we do have child care, and child care is $5 per family. My name is Jerry Branch. And I am leading prayer on Sunday mornings from 8.45 to 9.30. Love to pray. If you have a passion in your heart to pray, if it's in you to pray, come. Join us. Thank you. Hi, guys. My name is Matthew Levin. I'm going to be uh, teaching the men's small group this year. And uh, for the past couple years that I've been going to it I mean it's something that you really just don't want to miss out on I mean we all get to feed off each other build each other up from our weaknesses and our standpoints get other perspectives from other men who've been in the same situation and it's just a really good atmosphere and everybody just gels really well together it's gonna to be at my house at uh, Tuesdays from starting at 6 30 and most people leave around 8 30 9 o'clock depending on the conversation so uh, look forward to having y'all there All right, you guys are doing great. Let's see if this side can do just as wonderful. <laughs> we'll start down here on this end. All right, here we go. They're arguing over the mic. This is a good, this is a good sign. <laughs> uh, well, I thought he was going first. Um, Art wants me to read this scripture first. Okay, hold on a second. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Yes, we'll, Wanda and I will be leading a uh, support group here at the church on Monday night, 7 to 8 p.m. Uh, in the prayer room. Uh, there's a realization that uh, a large number of, of people uh, are going through hard times. They're in depression. They may feel anxiety. They may feel overwhelmed, even uh, at the worst case, hopeless. And, uh, and uh, you know, in Job 12, 12, it says, understanding comes through experience. And Wanda and I have experienced some hard times in life. 
And we know that, that there are a number of y'all out there going through a hard time. And we just want to, uh, as it says here, we want to support. And, you know, in the handout we have today, <clears throat> it says under support, they gave to anyone as he had need. And so that's our heart to, to, to pour into y'all's lives what we've experienced and how we learn to overcome. Hello, my name is Robert Montgomery. This is my wife, April. Uh, we're meeting at our house every Saturday night from 5 to 6.30. We're going to uh, be doing evangelism equipping. So if you are uh, never led anybody to Jesus, you're invited. Uh, if you've been inviting people, you're in, inviting people to Jesus, tell them about him, you're invited to come. You can always learn more. Uh, you know, in the book of Matthew, uh, when Jesus, uh, after he's baptized, he's the Spirit leads him into the wilderness. He kicks the devil around. And then all of a sudden he goes out, and the first thing he does is he starts preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is a hand, right? Well, the very next two people he comes to is Peter and Andrew. The promise he makes them is, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. So if we're following Jesus, we should be fishers of men, right? So... Open door. Anybody want to come? My wife's phone number, you can call her with any questions. 901-246-9161. We look forward to, to having you there. Good morning. My name is Carmen Womack, and I have two groups that I'd like to tell you about. Um, we have a small group that meets in Collierville at the trailer park that is open to everyone. We just meet together. We celebrate Jesus. We worship, we um, come together in prayer, we teach, we, we live together. You know, it's that community, and it is, um, it's been going on for several years, and it's been a wonderful group. We love it. It's Wednesday morning, and it is, starts at 9.30, and we are now in the process of talking about uh, the Sozo book, Healed, Delivered, and Set Free, and it is amazing what God is doing through that. So I want to invite anyone who is available on Wednesday morning at 9.30. And um, if you have any questions, you can come see me back there. Also, I'm excited to announce that I am going to start a Principles of Freedom here um, on Thursday, 2nd and 4th Thursday evening at 6.30. And I am going to be sharing um, my experiences that God has shown me through freedom. Um, I'm right now over the deliverance ministry here, and God has been equipping me, teaching me, um, preparing me to give out to you guys the things that he has taught me. Um, quick little testimony, when I came to the Church of the Harvest, I was broken, I was hurt, I was very wounded, and now I stand before you. I have peace that passes all understanding. I have joy that overflows. And I have life and life more abundantly. And so I want to teach and share that with you guys. So anybody that's interested, if you struggle with fears, if you struggle with anxieties, if you struggle with um, not being able to hear God, or you read your Bible and don't understand it, I can help you. So come see me. I'm Pastor Bob, <laughs> and I'm doing a small group on Wednesdays at 8 to 9, and it's at your house, because it's an online group, and it's for those that work late or whatever, or maybe you just want to be in other groups, a lot of good groups here, 
and I'm calling it boot camp, and we're just going to cover being born again, uh, hearing the voice of God, your prayer life, how to take communion, uh, all kinds of things, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So sign up. My sheet is right over there next to Gia, I believe. You have to picture her there. She'll be there in a few minutes. And uh, please sign up and uh, look forward to it. Hi, I'm Chris Bounds, and I am over the Extraordinary Women's Evening Group. We meet on Tuesday nights at 6.30 for dinner. So if you're a working woman, come on and join us for dinner. We just ask that you bring a side dish. We meet here in Olive Branch at our home. And 7 o'clock we'll start our study. And then um, I lost my train of thought. We're going to study First Peter. So come and join us. Hi, I'm Kim Guyton, and I'll be over the, um, well, myself and Shauna will be over the Extraordinary Women's AM group, which will be at 10 o'clock on Thursday mornings, and we invite you all to come. We'll be studying God's promises, and the book uh, that we're doing is entitled The Shelter of God's Promises, so it's going to be exciting, and I just want to challenge each of you before you leave just go and look at the tables. I used to be the one who would say, well, let me pray about it. I wasn't praying about it. I was just using an excuse to walk out. But once I started coming to small groups, it has changed my life. So I just challenge you all to look and sign up. I'm Michael Taylor. And I will be leading the uh, home group in Olive Branch at uh, Chris and Richard Bounds' house. And our ages are from 50 to 120. So, and we even have some that are younger. And so we just don't have child care. So if you'd like to come, we'd love to have you. And I'll tell you, being around older folk, there's a lot of wisdom. A whole lot of wisdom and some good food and they know how to throw down. So y'all come meet with us. We'll be meeting the second and fourth Friday of the month at 6.30. Hi, my name is Barbara Nowlin, and I have the awesome privilege of leading the two-year ministry school here at Harvest. Um, starting September 12th, we'll be meeting every Tuesday evening from 7 to 9 in the fellowship hall. And we do have an orientation night um, this Tuesday. So if you're interested in the school and you want to find out more about it, you can join us then. Uh, the whole purpose of the ministry school is to fulfill what Jesus said in Matthew um, 28, 19, and 20, which is to make disciples. He said, and then teach them everything that I've commanded you. So it's, um, it's to make disciples, to teach, to equip, and to present you as a mature believer to Christ. We have a lot of fun we learn a lot, but we do fellowship. We do eat, guys. Not every week, but we do eat and have parties. So um, if you are interested, I have a table, um, a sign-up sheet at the table here in the back. And also, you're welcome to join us Tuesday evening for the orientation. All right, let's give them all a hand as they take a seat. So as you can see, there is a lot of opportunities this week. We've got something for teens. We've got something for young adults. We've got something for our 50 plus to 120 year olds. We've got stuff for families. Um, so 
pretty much there's something for all of you. And um, so I do want to just invite you, and I want to encourage y'all, you know, um, today, if you're even interested and you just want more information, put down your information on the sign-up sheets in the back, and um, the leader will actually be sending you an email with more information. If you'd like a call or something, you can let them know, and they'll touch base with you. But um, guys, community is so important. It is so, so important. And um, right here as we wrap up, you know, we just had a list, and you have it in your notes, of about seven things that our small groups provide. But when we look in Scripture in the New Testament, there's actually 50, over 50, one another verses. W-O-N-E, another, one another verses um, that really talk about what the church needs to look like and what we need to be and what we need to do. And, you know, a couple of those are is, you know, um, the church was a place where people, people loved. Um, it's a place where people forgave. Let me tell you, when you join a small group, you're going to have an opportunity to forgive because somebody will probably hurt your feelings because we're people, right? We're just going to put it out there. Sometimes we say what we think, and then we're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that, or maybe I shouldn't have said it that way. But that's how we grow, guys. It's how we grow is we put ourselves in that place where, you know, sometimes we may have to forgive somebody, or we may have to go apologize. And um, it's a place, you know, the church, one another, is where we serve one another. And that can take place within our small groups. It's where we know that somebody's in the hospital. It's where we know that somebody's got that doctor's visit. It's where we know that maybe somebody needs some help with paying their bills. And so it gives us that opportunity in that setting where we can serve, where we can help, we can do what needs to be done within that place. Um, a couple other things. Were they bore, bore burdens? Anybody needed somebody to share your burden before? And then what comes along with that? Encouragement, right? It's a place where we can get the encouragement that we need, exhorted, um, prayer, um, to be equipped. And um, there's just so many things that we need to do um, to be involved in community. And so I just want to challenge you guys. Um, you know, maybe you've never been a part of a small group. Maybe you've never said, okay, I'm going to take that next step. But we truly believe that it's how the church is going to grow. It's how we are going to grow as individuals, and it's how the church is going to grow is by being connected. You know, God never intended for us to live a Christian life alone. He didn't. He wants us to be connected with one another. You know, so how can we apply all these one another's um, references unless we act on it, right? Unless we are intentional, intentional, unless we are intentional, unless we on purpose have close relationships with each other. It's not, you're not going to just accidentally, oh, I got a best friend now. Oh, this is great. No, you have to be intentional. You have to make a decision. You have to make a commitment. I'm going to get involved. I'm going to get connected. I'm going to sacrifice that football game. I'm going to sacrifice, I mean, whatever, to be intentional to put yourself in an environment where you can grow like that. You know, God calls us to love. Um, and that love is, I think you talked about this, love is a verb, right? It's actually a song. It takes action. And, um, and so it takes action. And the only way that that can happen and not be superficial is that face-to-face, -face, get in there, get dirty, and make it happen. And, and it, guys, let me tell you, when you do, it will transform your life. Your life will be so much better when you get connected with biblical community. How many of you guys know that there's a thing called community that's not biblical based, that it's not Christian based? And a lot of people are seeking that and a lot of people are finding it, but it's got to be biblically based, guys. You've got to be connected with Christians. You've got to get in there um, with believers. Well, uh, we need to go ahead and wrap up. I know we've gone a few minutes late. I'm sorry, maybe a few minutes late getting to the buffet. But, um, no, the sign-up sheets, just, not the I'm buffet. Our buffet of small groups. Our buffet sheets. of sign-up sheets. <laughs> um, let's let's all stand up together, and I'm going to go ahead, and I'm going to ask our prayer partners to go ahead and come down as we conclude, and, and worship team, come y'all, come on back up, and um, 
Let's just, let's just bow our heads together. Before we dismiss, we don't, we don't want to miss an opportunity. If you're here and you need to get your life right with Jesus today, you, you recognize, you've, you've felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit, you know that you're not in right standing before God. Guys, this is your moment. So with every head bowed, if that's you, I'm not going to point you out, and I'm not going to make you come forward, but if that's you, lift your hand and say, I need to get my life right with Jesus today. Is there anybody in here that would say, yeah, who else would say, I need to get my life right with the Lord today. I need to rededicate my life. Anybody would say, I need to get my life right with God today. We're all going to pray together. And look, it doesn't matter if you raise your hand or not. The Bible talks about this being a matter of the heart. You believe. You believe. Put your faith and your trust in Jesus from this day forward. You accept that the sacrifice he paid on your behalf that bore God's judgment, you accept that sacrifice as your own. And you lay down your life and you choose to live for him from this day forward. You turn from your sin and you live the way that Jesus would live. And the Bible says that you will be saved. And so we're just going to pray. We're all going to pray together out loud and and if, and if you pray this and you mean it, the Bible says that all things become new, that you become a new creation. And so I just encourage you to be bold, take the step. This is your day. Let's all pray together. Everybody say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to take my sin and to take my shame and to take your judgment that should have been on me. You took it on yourself. So today... I put my trust in you, and I will follow you all the days of my life. You're my Savior. You're my Redeemer. Holy Spirit, fill me. Empower me to be everything I was created to be. Lord, I will serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. God, I thank you for every person that prayed that prayer. I just pray, Lord, that you would just, that they would just sense your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. They would sense your love and your embrace. And, Lord, that they would come running to you with arms wide open. Because, Lord, you've never been far. You've always been right there. And, Lord, I just pray that you would surround them by godly influences and people that would help to point them in the right direction as they start this path following you in Jesus' name. And, God, I just pray, as we, if we wrap this whole thing up in community, as we start our small groups for this fall, I just pray, Lord, that you would just put a new, just a deep sense, a deep desire, deep longing for community. Maybe we've put it aside. Maybe we've buried it down deep for a long time. Maybe it's a cause of pain or disappointment or, or whatever else it may be. But I just speak healing in Jesus' name. And I pray, Lord, that the people will begin to step out and take that risk and to trust again and to love again and to reach out to others again. And I just pray, Lord, that for just for Christian community, not just within Church of the Harvest, but all over this region, and Lord, that it would expand to the ends of the earth, that your bride, Lord, would truly be united as one heart and one mind, that we would truly be able to stand up and we would pave the way for this world. God, we thank you for who you are. We trust you. We love you. We give you honor and praise. In Jesus' name. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. Now